0: About this Wednesday night. The idea of elder in Acts literally just means the mature believer. It, it wasn't a position like we've made it into today. It's really just more a mature believer. And so Paul is going to address these elders, these mature believers that are in charge of the church in Ephesus. And so we, th- this is a bit of a farewell address, a little bit of a last words of Paul because he's going to go from here to Jerusalem. Now, I want to I point out, we'll see this over the next few weeks. Um, as Paul goes to Jerusalem, we see this track that, that actually kind of lines up with Jesus going to Jerusalem. Now, remember, uh, Luke uh, wrote the book of Acts, and he also had his own gospel, Luke. And in the gospel of Luke... He starts with the journey to, of Jesus to Jerusalem, somewhere around the, the middle of chapter 9. I mean, he, he literally spends a lot of time on Jesus' journey to Jerusalem. And he's going to do the same with, with Paul's journey to Jerusalem um, as, he, uh, as he tells us this story. And, and so that's where we are this morning, is, is we're at the beginning of Paul's journey to Jerusalem. So we're going to be in Acts chapter 20, we're going to start in verse 20, and it is up here behind me. So let's read Acts chapter 20, starting in verse 20. You know that I did not avoid proclaiming to you anything that was profitable or from teaching you publicly and from house to house. I testified to both Jews and Greeks about repentance towards God and faith in our Lord Jesus. And now I am on my way to Jerusalem, compelled by the Spirit not knowing what I will will encounter there, except that in every town the Holy Spirit warns me that chains and afflictions are waiting for me. But I consider my life of no value to myself. My purpose is to finish my course and the ministry I have received from the Lord Jesus to testify to the gospel of God's grace. So again, this this is kind of Paul's farewell address. And, and, he's, and we've seen really three speeches of Paul through the book of Acts. In Acts 13, he addresses the Jews in Antioch. In Acts 17, we have him addressing the, uh, the, the Gentiles in Athens. And so he's talking, to, that's the, the infamous, the God that you worship in ignorance speech or, or, or sermon. And then we have this one, and the difference is, are stark because in in Acts 13 and Acts 17 he is evangelistic he's telling them about who God is who Jesus is what God has done for us in Jesus he's he's making all of these uh, serious evangelistic points and in this he is more talking to mature Christians telling them he's about to go and so let's 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 focus in on what's important let let's understand What's important. So if this this section, and we're going to be studying it over the next few weeks. This section is very much like his letters to the churches, like Ephesians, Colossians, Philippians, uh, uh, especially Timothy, First and Second Timothy. This the, the theology presented in these is very close to his letters that he writes to the churches. So it's much different than his other two sermons. And, and in verse 20, he starts out and makes it clear, I didn't hold anything back from you. I didn't hold, when I was preaching in the, in the synagogues, in the streets, in the house-to-house, publicly, uh, privately, I didn't hold anything back from you. Now, again, we talked about this a little bit Wednesday night in our study of Peter. One of the things that just really um, really impresses me uh, with Paul is that he's the same guy, publicly and privately. He's the same guy, whether he's preaching to a synagogue, preaching in the streets, or preaching in a house church like in Ephesians, or Ephesus, rather. He's the same guy. There's no hypocrisy in Paul. He is the same guy all the time. Now, that impresses me because what what do we see in our world? Hypocrisy. It runs rampant. In fact, it makes the news every day. Every single day. I think it's because we are wired by God to hate hypocrisy. We, we, we hate that. And so it, it's constant in our world, and it, there's none of it in Paul. Paul is the same guy, preached the same message to synagogues, streets, and house to house. He preached the same message. And he even warns them here. He doesn't say, well, preaching the gospel is going to be easy. No, he says he's faced hardships and is going to face more. He, he makes, the, he's makes his point clear. This isn't easy. Preaching the gospel is not easy. So he makes that point and And Calvin called this the gospel worth dying for. And I want to, I want to explore that just a little bit. The gospel worth dying for. Because Paul would eventually die for the gospel. He would eventually be be arrested, tried, convicted, jailed, and die for the gospel, for preaching the gospel. And as we look back at history, martyrs have thousands and thousands of martyrs have given their lives for this gospel. Thousands and thousands have died for this gospel. The gospel of worth dying for, and, and so while we look at the martyrs, and we look at Paul, and we look at the other disciples that are martyred for their faith, and we, we think, okay, maybe we look at this with a little bit of guilt, I don't know, we, we, we just look at this and think, well, we're never going to face that kind of persecution, and you may be right, we may not, but I want you to kind of back up your view, and I want to look at the, the, the gospel that's actually worth dying for, The gospel that Paul died for, the gospel that that the martyrs through history have died for, the gospel that's worth dying for, because every gospel's not worth dying for. For instance, the gospel of religion. If anybody could preach the gospel of religion, it was Paul. He was a trained Pharisee. He had one of the greatest teachers of the day, Gamaliel. He He had a great teacher. He, was, he knew everything about the Jewish faith. He knew every ritual. He knew every sacrifice. He knew what robe had to be worn by what priest for what ritual. He knew everything. And he not only knew the law of Moses, he knew all of the rules that the Pharisees added to the law of Moses, the 600 and some rules that they added to the gospel. He knew everything about religion. He was even... Persecuting the early church for the Jewish faith. He was doing it for the cause of religion. So if anybody, anybody could preach a gospel of religion, it would be Paul. But he didn't. He didn't preach a gospel of religion. And there's so many uh, faith systems or belief systems that are still built on the gospel of religion. It is about it is about this structure and these boundaries, and you must do these rituals for these things. That, that that gospel of religion still lives today. But the gospel of religion is not worth dying for. The gospel of religion is not what Paul died for. The martyrs throughout history did not die for the gospel of religion because the gospel of religion isn't worth dying for. He also didn't preach a gospel of works. The gospel of works is kind of related to the gospel of religion, except it leans more on what we do. This is syncretism. This is that we talked about the last couple of weeks. This is is Jesus plus what I do. And and the, the gospel of works is very active in our world today. You think about how many people have the idea that you just got to pile up enough good stuff to, to cover the bad stuff, right? It's a scale, and so you got to have enough good to outweigh the bad. Or, or you just you got to do everything you can, take every serving opportunity, take every opportunity that you can to do something for, for, because that will earn you favor or earn you points with God, right? I can, I can earn some points with God or I can earn some favor with God if I do all this stuff. The gospel of works is real, and the gospel of works was real then. But the gospel of works isn't what Paul preached. The gospel of works isn't worth dying for. Paul didn't die for the gospel of works. The martyrs through history didn't die for, the go- for a gospel of works, because the gospel of works isn't worth dying for. The gospel of what I'm going to call moral reform. Paul didn't preach that you have to come to Jesus so you act better. So, so you, you can reform your moral life. He didn't, he didn't preach that, that if you come to Jesus, then, then you, you'll be a better person. This is moral reform. Is it a side effect of the gospel? Yes. But it is not the gospel that Paul preached. Jesus didn't die so that you would act better. Paul didn't die so that you would act better. The martyrs through history didn't die so you would act better, so you would make less morally questionable decisions. The gospel of moral reform isn't worth dying for. Paul didn't die for the gospel of moral reform. The the martyrs through history didn't die for the gospel of moral reform because the gospel of moral reform isn't worth dying for. He also didn't, and this one's prevalent in our world today, he didn't didn't die or preach a gospel of self-esteem. Paul didn't say, well, if you come to Jesus, you'll feel better about yourself. You'll love yourself more. Paul didn't preach a gospel of of self-esteem. And this is so prevalent in our world today. There are still preachers out there saying exactly this. Come to Jesus, you'll feel better about yourself. You'll love yourself more. What Paul preached was that God loves you as you are where you are. And his grace covers everything you've ever done. So he he didn't preach a gospel of of self-esteem. Come to Jesus so you feel better because the gospel of self-esteem isn't worth dying for. Paul didn't die for the gospel of self-esteem. Jesus didn't die for a gospel of self-esteem. The martyrs through history haven't died for the gospel of self-esteem because the gospel of self-esteem isn't worth dying for. The gospel of prosperity. Paul did not preach that That, hey, you come to Jesus, and then you'll have more stuff. Right? You'll have more stuff. You don't have a new camel? Well, that's because you don't have enough faith. You're not driving a new car? Well, that's because you don't have enough faith. You're not living in a big house? That's because you don't have enough faith. This is the gospel of prosperity. Jesus did not die so you'd get more stuff. Paul didn't die so you would get more stuff. The, the martyrs through history didn't die, so you would get more stuff. Paul, in fact, tells them of the hardships he's had and tells them that the hardships are coming. We know by just reading Scripture that the gospel of prosperity is wrong. It's dead wrong. Is it, does the gospel of Jesus Christ give you a life worth living? Yes. Does it give you a, a life with meaning? Yes. Does it give you a life with new cars and big houses? No. <laughs> Sorry if you've heard, you're have heard you hearing that for the first time. That's the gospel of prosperity. And, and Jesus didn't die for the gospel of prosperity. Paul didn't die for the gospel of prosperity. The martyrs through history didn't die for a gospel of prosperity because the gospel of prosperity is not worth dying. The only gospel that Paul would, would, would count worthy of his death is the gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that he calls here the gospel of God's grace in verse 24. This is worth dying for. This is what Paul died for. This is what Jesus died for. The gospel of Jesus Christ. The gospel that says that the grace and truth of God have come to you in the person and work of Jesus Christ. Who is Jesus? He was born of a virgin, lived a sinless life, died a substitutionary death on your behalf for your sin, rose on the third day to give you life, and is risen and reigning as Lord today. That's Jesus. That's the simple gospel truth of Jesus. That's the gospel Jesus died for. That's the gospel Paul died for. That's the gospel... The martyrs through history died for. Because the true gospel of Jesus Christ is the only one worthy of these deaths. And I'll say again, we may never face that kind of persecution. We may never see uh, a, a time where we must die for the gospel of Jesus Christ. But I, but I want you to, to back up and, and consider how many have died for this gospel, this gospel is the only one worth dying for. This gospel is the only one worthy of the life of Jesus, the life of Paul, and the life of all of the disciples and martyrs that have have given their lives. This gospel. God's grace comes to you in Jesus Christ. Have you accepted the gospel, the only gospel worth dying for? I'm going to ask that you bow your heads. this is the gospel. Jesus came to save you. He didn't come to save sin. He didn't come to save other people. He didn't come to save the religious or the prosperous. He didn't come to save anybody but you. He came and died on the cross in your place for your sin. Do you believe that? Have you trusted in this gospel. Because you can this morning. It's as simple as a prayer. We simply acknowledge that we have sin. God, I have sin in my life. I've done things wrong. I've said things wrong. I've thought things wrong. I know that the Bible calls that sin. But I trust that Jesus died in my place on that cross. He died that I might have life. So I ask you to forgive me because of his finished work on the cross. It doesn't matter what I've done, who I am. It only matters who he is and what he has done for me. Come into my life and give me the life that I see in scripture. If you prayed that prayer for the first time this morning, let somebody know. Elbow your neighbor and let them know. Come and let me know. Maybe this morning as I read through these other Gospels, you've realized that you're following one of those rather than the Gospel of grace that Paul preaches. Will you take a moment right now and just ask God to forgive you and to bring you back on the path of the Gospel of grace? Father, we thank you for this, your word. We thank you, Father, that that we know the gospel that's worth dying for. We thank you for what Jesus has done for us. We thank you for what Paul and all of the martyrs through history have shown us. Help us to stay on track. Help us to see clearly the gospel of grace and to live it. For it's in Jesus' name we ask. Amen.